Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Pens and Palettes, or We're Not Food. Written by Chucky Snow. Welcome to Earth, announced Targaryen Manush, the chief diplomat on the space station. He was warmly greeting the four Kintel delegated as they were ambling through the main auditorium. They nodded in a genial way moving towards the chairs that were obviously designed for the tripedal bodies. A dozen cameras captured every single angle of the room. The majority of humanity, easily over 10 billion, had watched the proceedings since the small Kindle ship appeared on radar. They now watched as the chosen delegates from Earth were about to sign the first treaty with an alien species. It was little more than a trade agreement, but it still marked an evolutionary step for mankind's development. To be regarded as an equal by another space-going species could not be understated. Of the six known races, we seemed to get along better with the Kintel than anyone else, and today would finally formalize that friendship. Both teams knew the other's language well enough to converse in it, but the Kintel and humans had decided to use Galactic Common, simplified language that could be spoken by all known species. Recordings of the meeting would be surely sent to all races. Many schools on Earth taught common, though there were undoubtedly teams of translators that would be captioning and feed for those that hadn't learnt it yet. The four humans and the four Kintel delegates sat down. Pleasantries were exchanged, simple speeches were made, and then finally one of the Kintels handed the prepared document across the table. Had it come as a wry surprise to the humans that lawyers were a constant presence throughout the galaxy. Even the Franks, who didn't have politicians, still had lawyers. The documents they now held had been poured over numerous times on both sides. They established relations, some trade agreements, and even laid the foundations for mutual defense pact. The humans were delighted just how fair the agreement was. Humans weren't exactly a lesser race, but the Kintel had been trading with the other races for millennia. The Kintel had nothing forcing them to be so accommodating. There uh, was a reason. One of the human delegates, Sergio Cortez, a representative from the Americas, ripped through the stacks of papers given to him. A quick reader, he had been given a task of checking the treaty for anything that might have gotten slipped in at the last minute. He found something an addendum to one of the sections relating to the trades of perishable goods. He frowned. Maybe there was an error in translation. Mr. Monash, sir, may I bring your attention to page 47? There seems to be an addendum we have not seen before, Sergio said, talking to the human, but watching the Kintal. They seemed nonplussed and did not bother flipping the page in question. The other human flipped through and began reading. To those watching across Earth, the silence was deafening. Seeing the reaction, Sergio continued reading to make sure nothing else had been added. My friends, when Ash began cautiously, there is an interesting item that you've included in this addendum under section 3, paragraph 9. 
regarding breeding stocks of food animals. I see that you've added humans on the list of animals you want samples of. Yes, we have, one of the Kintel replied, as if they would explain everything. Page 60, Sojo muttered, and continued reading. Ah, humans are not considered food. We are happy to provide cattle, swine, goats, and various types of avian species, but not humans. Me would like humans to be added to the list of tradable food animals, and we would like to be provided with 100 breeding pairs of humans. What? Minash asked incredulously. Page 60, Sojo said, in a slightly high timbre. The other humans searched their documents again. Like you, we are omnivorous. There are few resources that you can offer us that we would need. Besides your unique flora and fauna, it has come to our attention that in your past you have had cultures that ate other humans. We can only assume that your flesh is enjoyable to the palate, and as such, we would like some samples. We are happy to take members of your incarcerated populations, so long as they're still of breeding age. So, uh, you intend to breed humans for food? Yes. Unless we do not find you pleasing, in which case we'll simply use the humans for study and possibly as servants. If we do not taste good enough, you intend to make slaves of us. The word us seems to be an error. We do not plan on enslaving or eating all of you. We will take a few undesirable members of your species. As a race, you still have crime and occasionally kill members of your race who commit crime. We simply take those members you plan to kill. It seems quite efficient to us. Do you not agree? I disagree strongly to many of the points you just tried to make. No human is ever to be considered food. No human is ever to be considered a servant or more likely a slave to you. The idea of taking prisoners in order to begin a breeding colony is totally unacceptable. Until this language is removed, this treaty cannot be signed by us. Oh, page 102, Sojo said, with an urgency to his voice. Delegate Munash, we may have made some alterations to our treaty, but certainly nothing we have asked for should keep us from signing this today. I believe that you're trying very hard not to have this treaty signed by us, Munash said, flipping to page 102. He read for a moment and jumped up in anger. He kept reading and he found the strength to compose himself. He reread a passage while the others in the room stared at him quietly. I'd like you to read this section out loud so that we can all understand what is being asked of the humans, he said, staring not at the Kintel but at the camera aimed at him. In the event that the human food stock is deemed suitable, and with the understanding that human birth rate is very low, we reserve the right to cull the human population as we see fit, to no more than 1% of the total population within a soda year. Toggy spoke, and unemotionally as possible. With understood variations in stock, the Kintel would expect complete control of the selection of the food stock. The human dropped his copy to the treaty table. I will apologize that the humans were under the misunderstanding that this was a peace treaty, Munash said, 
attempting to keep his surging anger in check. But it is. My fellow delegates, there is nothing sure about us enjoying the taste of your flesh, and most likely we will find a way to speed up the birth rate of humans, should we find the need. Certainly, her culling would only be required if all other options were to fail us, the Kendall said, opening his arms as to signal understanding. This language must be removed, or we cannot continue. The language must stay, or we cannot continue. He paused. Then you certainly wouldn't object to allowing humans to use Kintel as foodstock. As you said, we are both omnivorous. I'm sure millions of humans would delight in eating Kintel flesh. The Kintel began talking to themselves rapidly in their own language. After a moment, a different member of the alien delegation spoke to the humans. Is this an attempt to insult us, or is this an attempt at humor? No, Malash said dryly. We are simply negotiating, as you are. Perhaps now you understand how insulted we are by your request. It is not a request. It is a demand. You should be happy that this is all we demand of you. The original Kindle spoke, much louder and harsher than before. They stared at each other. The Kintel's four eyes to the humans, too. It was obvious that the Kintel was deadly serious, and that they did not intend to leave without the treaty. Worthless, as it now obviously was. Manush turned and looked at the human delegates, seated on both sides of him. They made his stare with silent determination. He gave a knowing glance up to the cameras as he removed a pen from inside his jacket. It was an old-style fountain pen very ornate, and was created specially to sign this treaty. He removed the cap and rolled the pen in his fingers. He felt a bit numb, the events of the last few minutes thundering around in his mind. He gave his thoughts a moment to organize themselves and knew what he had to do. Really, there was only one option. He flipped to the last page of the treaty and stared at the page. I want you to know that what I do now, I do with what we humans call a heavy heart. I had hoped that we could enter an agreement that would move our peoples forward. Instead, I find myself being asked to surrender ourselves as cattle to a race I thought were friends. I hope that I can be forgiven for what I'm about to do. It occurred to all three other humans that Manash was holding his pen the wrong way in an instant before Targi launched himself across the conference table, forcibly driving his pen deep into the eye socket of the head Kintel. The other Kintel were frozen in shock as the other humans chose and attacked their opponents. The Kintel were not fighters, and even without weapons, the humans were able to kill three or four delegates without a real assistance. The last Kintel's several limbs bent in unnatural positions was left howling in pain. It did not stop until one of the humans used his own clothing as a gag. Are you willing to deliver a message back to your leaders? Manash asked, staring down at the quivering Kintel. took several moments for the creature to compose itself enough to signal compliance. Good. Your message will be very simple. We humans have accepted your declaration of war. For effect, he grabbed one of the packets and stabbed the Kintel with it. I'm going to put you into one of these ships and send you on your way. Don't worry about having limbs to use. 
The ship will be on autopilot. We're going to assume that your ship has weapons of some kind, and I'd hate for our meeting to get any bloodier than it already has. It's a shame that our two races couldn't have come together in some understanding. I believe we really do have much to offer the Gintel. It's a pity that you demanded we lie down for you. Humans do many things, but bending the knee is not one of them. You open hostilities with that so-called treaty, and our response should have been expected. Your superiors may decide to retaliate for what has happened today. That would be unwise. We have the ability and motivation to fight back. You claim today that you had studied our history. That same history should terrify any sane race that wants to attack us. Go home and tell your superiors that we're still open to negotiations if they wish to sue for peace. I'd strongly suggest that they do. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.